Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ catch up with Tom Stein, chairman and chief client officer at Stein IAS. He explains how his role is about advancing the company's presence in the world, and he offers up a list of their impressive clientele. He also goes into detail about how he introduced the entrepreneurial spirit into his family. AJ takes one for the tennis team, and Vincent is worried about sneezing. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Vincent Betrafesta. That must mean one thing and one thing only. It is another episode of your favorite marketing podcast, The Marketing Stir. It is great to be here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the continued listenership, if that's even a word. I just made it up. Even if it's not, we appreciate it so much. The Marketing Stir brought to you by Starista. You know, Starista, we are an identity marketing company. We have our own B2B data, our own B2C data. We help customers market to that data to get you new customers. Send us your first party data. If it's fragmented, we will fill in those gaps. We also have our own DSP adster. If you wanted to target the individuals in the programmatic space, display, OTT, we can help enough about that that pays the bills it doesn't i just always just like talking about starista on this podcast here speaking of starista the man himself he is starista ladies and gentlemen my co-host the founder of starista mr aj gupta what's going on aj hey vincent i had a little bit of a rough uh, last night uh, what yeah yeah i uh, twisted my uh, ankle to the shape of a little watermelon that uh <laughs> That's, yeah, that's the bad news. The good news is I don't think the bone is broken or anything. So, was this uh, you were doing? So you were playing tennis, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I was playing tennis, and I wish it was like a great shot or something, and I still hit a winner. But uh, unfortunately, it was one of the silly shots, and uh, just landed landed a little funny. But I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm feeling better. Well, look, hey, you know, when you get to that's why I asked what it was. When you get to my age, AJ. I could sneeze or and something could happen. <laughs> I once fell asleep on my way to a trade show for 46 minutes to San Francisco awkwardly. I had to go to physical therapy for six weeks. That is a, an unfortunate, true story. <laughs> it is, but well, good. You know, you're here with us. You're in good spirits. And I'm glad you're in good spirits because I am very excited about this next guest. Why? Because... B2B marketing, you cannot say B2B marketing, you cannot say B2B marketing agency without mentioning this man. I had met him many years ago on the DMA trail, if you will. Remember the DMA, those amazing conferences, those were so much fun. I miss those dearly. And recently we bumped into each other as we were both speakers separately at the B2B Ignite conference, would have been in person, would have been great to see him. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to have him join us. He is the chairman and chief client officer of Stein IAS, multiple award winner. If I mention the amount of awards that this agency has won, it would be the whole podcast. And you know, maybe some of you would like that, but it would not make for good content because we'll just be talking about all the awards. I want to get into the nitty gritty. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Stein IAS, Tom Stein. What's going on, Tom? Hey, Vincent. Uh, thank you so much for the intro and I'm delighted to be here and to have this conversation with you. And uh, AJ, I'm delighted to, to have the conversation with you as well, um, even though I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about your, your tennis injury and I hope, it, uh, hope it's not, not too bad. Because we need you. We need you, AJ. The AJ plays <laughs> on a tennis league. It's a Starista league as well. Uh, there are multiple award winners there, you know. Uh, not quite as many awards as uh, the Stein IAS, uh, IAS agency. <laughs> most recently, I'll name one, Tom. I don't want to embarrass you with all the awards here, but I will name the most recent ANA's 2020 B2B agency of the year. I think you won that just about every year. You're like the Daily Show. The old yeah. daily show of, uh, you know, B2B agencies. 
that's, well, I, uh, I, I have to tell mind. you, Vincent, that, that that's actually not the latest. Um, uh, <laughs> I know I know we're not supposed to talk about uh, too many, uh, take too much time from this to talk about We wars, could, but we could. I'd no, 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 no. It's uh, not, not that interesting <laughs> other than to, to me. Not even my kids are interested in that. Um, but we, uh, we actually just won um, the drum agency business um, agency of the year in, in our size category. And what's, uh, why, why um, I'm bringing it up is because it's a particular kind of award that goes to um, uh, agencies that run themselves the best way. Um, mm -hmm. So it's about how we, how we organize ourselves, how we train our people, um, how we make uh, uh, continuous learning central to what we do how we perform as an organization um, uh, from a client services standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, from a creative standpoint. And it's really how uh, it, it's the award that goes to the best run agencies. And um, I think that you can only serve a client well if you're well run yourself. And I'm sure that's the same for your organization. Um, and uh, I'm sure AJ does a great job at that. But um, we're, we're particularly proud of it. And I I think it's our second or third year in a row that, that we've done that. So it's uh, super cool. I love it. I love it. No, thank you for uh, mentioning that. And Tom, talk to us about, you know, the agency itself, you know, Stein IAS. I would love to learn more about that. And then I want to know about your specific role. I love chief client officer. That's not a, that's not a title you hear all the time, but I love it. It's very refreshing. So I'd love to hear, uh, you know, those two questions there. So a little bit about Stein IS, um, Vincent. Um, so we are, uh, Stein IS was actually um, created by the merger of two agencies um, in 2015. So um, I had launched um, Stein um, in the US. Um, uh, I, I'm not even gonna tell you how many years ago because it's a lot. Um, and a successful agency, not always purely B2B, but uh, around, uh, uh, around the year, 2001, 2002, we decided to focus um, on B2B as, as really a specialism for us. Um, and um, an IAS, B2B marketing, um, was launched in the UK um, in 1973. So um, we put the two agencies together to create a, um, a global agency brand um, to have global reach because many of our uh, clients are multinational clients and, and having that kind of uh, presence in different places was a strategic opportunity for us and also a way to serve our clients more fully. And so um, Stein AS was born uh, at, that, at that point in time. And so we're a, a, a global B2B specialist agency. Um, we have uh, offices. Uh, does anyone have offices anymore? Uh, but um, uh, I'm in the office. I'm still here. <laughs> very nice. Uh, yeah. But uh, we, we, our physical presence is in uh, 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 a couple of locations in the UK, uh, New York and San Francisco here, um, and uh, Shanghai, continental Europe and Paris. So um, a growing, um, expansive, ambitious agency focused on B2B. And what uh, there, there are a couple of things that I think distinguish us. Um, one is uh, we we work the brand to demand continuum. And so we'll work at the front end with clients in order to either shape or reshape their brands, uh, positioning, messaging, uh, brand strategy, and so on. Um, but with always an eye on the end game. And you, know, you and I go back to DMA, direct marketing, right? It's all about the only thing that matters is results. Um, and so we very much have that performance aspect to what we do in terms of uh, working with our clients so they can go to their C-suite um, they can go to their board and say, you know, the work that we're doing is, is making a measurable, tangible impact on business performance. So working that entire spectrum and then underpinning it with technology and with data. So marketing technology, we're, um, uh, if not the, one of the most advanced agencies in terms of our, our marketing technology practice um, from a strategic and implement, implementation standpoint. And then data, data intelligence, data informed marketing real-time marketing, et cetera. So these are all um, uh, uh, significant aspects of what we do. And we do it for, um, generally speaking, global enterprises um, in financial services, technology, life sciences, manufacturing, uh, engineering, really any of the, any of the, 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 the major uh, uh, B2B categories will have a, a pretty deep uh, presence in. So I hope that gives you a little bit on us. 
Yeah, no, it definitely does. And and Tom, I'd love to, you know, for you to elaborate more on your specific role with the company. Obviously, you're the chairman. You start, you you founded, uh, you, you know, Stein years ago. And I want to talk about that uh, uh, as well. But you know, chief client officer, tell us about your your kind of your day to day and what that role means. So my role is significantly about. Um, advancing um, our presence in the world. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's being the, the, uh, the individual at the company that um, helps lead the charge from a thought leadership standpoint, that collaborates with uh, all of our discipline leads and with uh, uh, the agency CEO, Rob Morris, uh, to develop strategy for the, the company overall um, and to really build our brand and build our reputation and build our network of relationships with um, CMOs and senior marketing leaders at, uh, at the, the companies that we either work with or someday may work with. The chief client officer uh, part of it is really about the fact that, you know, my, through my whole career, um, I have worked uh, not, as a, as, not as a communicator per se, but of course as a communicator, uh, but as a, as a business strategist. And as a, as a counselor and consigliere to, to uh, business leaders. And, and so as a chief client officer, you know, m my role is, is uh, where it's, where it's uh, uh, needed and where it's necessary and where it's appropriate. Have those kinds of peer relationships and be a sounding board and be an ideator and be a, a, a co-creator and strategist with, with, our, with our clients. And so being able to add value into what they're doing. And Tom, you've been uh, doing this for almost as long as I've been alive. So. <laughs> Thanks a lot, AJ. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> that, man. I, I, I won't, uh, I won't uh, name any numbers here. Yeah, but, uh, thank you. Thank you very to, much. <laughs> to, to go back to uh, kind of your early days, how did you start the agency? How did you get into the space? Um, uh, so the, the, uh, the, the origination story is... Uh, uh, this is the only agency job that I've ever had. Um, this is the only agency I've ever worked for, um, AJ. And um, so uh, when I was uh, in, in my mid-20s, um, I was working client-side as a, a copywriter and marketing manager. And um, uh, I, I got this uh, just crazy idea that, um, uh, that I could start an ad agency, never having worked at an ad agency, and be successful. And so uh, I quit my job. Um, I thought I would freak out my father, uh, but in turn, he, he, he's, uh, he, he instead um, embraced the notion that I, that, that I was going to bring entrepreneurial spirit into our family, which is, isn't that, is not that entrepreneurial. Uh, and so I, I launched an agency with a, with a, a partner at the time, um, working out of my apartment. And, uh, uh, and I, I, uh, I, I sort of backfilled to pay the rent by working at, um, when there was such a thing, um, as, a, as, as a copy shop and, uh, you know, running the Xerox machines for, <laughs> for people and, and doing And I actually, um, I, I like to cook. At, and, and so, uh, especially Italian food, Vincent. Yes, and, me uh, too. And, uh, and I, I actually uh, ran a catering business out of my tiny little apartment in Greenwich Village in New York to pay the bills and to buy the occasional beer um, until we got, um, until we, uh, we grew enough to sustain ourselves. So, yeah, so I started it <clears throat> um, way back then and uh, built it over time. And it, 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 uh, it took off, uh, you know, pretty quickly after a, um, a year or so of, uh, of hard scrabble, we really uh, got traction and, and, and started to grow the agency in a dynamic way and have continued to this, to this point in time, many, many years later. So uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it's, uh, it, uh, it's uh, hard to even remember that. It seems like uh, several lifetimes ago. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Just ask AJ, he'll remind you. And, it, you know? and it's, 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 I'll tell you, it's been a hell of a journey um, uh, ever since. And um, we've, we've gone through, uh, through many, many gyrations. Um, we've gone through, since we're living in one now, we've gone through many financial crises and stock market tumbles and recessions and Nothing like this exactly, um, but but uh, you know through all of that, you know, you, with uh, with persistence, resolve, and ambition, you know, you just power through. Great, and and, and so Tom, I was curious with the uh, Mad Men reference on the website. <laughs> yeah, uh, we obviously 
joke about that a lot internally as well when things are uh, something funny happens. But uh, how did you guys come to embrace that and put it on your homepage? So, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, uh, since we're talking about my age a lot, AJ, um, we're, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I definitely go back far enough uh, in my career to kind of almost be at the tail end of the true Mad Men era, you know, and, and just when it was starting to become, a, a, the, the ad business was getting a little bit more modern and technology infused and so on. It's really the dawn of my career. But you know, they're, they're, I, I, uh, I for sure have, uh, at the, in the early days, would uh, sit with clients who uh, really did do the three martini lunch. And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure I pulled my weight in that regard, but uh, they sure did. Um, so the Mad Men aspect, and, and so what you see on our website is Mad Men meet Martech, you know, and, and it's, it's our view at Stein IS that um, that's the future of B2B marketing. So, you know, MarTech um, has, uh, has uh, been a huge force, as you know, uh, MarTech and data um, uh, and, and uh, all of the tools, resources, and assets that we as B2B marketers have at our disposal these days, including uh, the kinds of work that you do at Starista. Um, and um, we were an absolute early adopter, pioneer um, in MarTech going back to really almost the beginning of the marketing automation platforms, um, 2005, six, we, we started uh, investing in those, investing in learning and, and uh, uh, understanding how they can be applied. But you know, uh, our view is that there was such a lean into um, left brain marketing. There was such a lean into digital performance marketing, into marketing technology, um, into data, all massively important things, but such a lean into it that we, we, we a little bit lost our way in terms of, of understanding that, you know, MarTech is, is it's, a, it's an empty container without creativity. Um, so, you know, our view now is, is that as important as MarTech is, we need to drive a renaissance in creativity, madmen, you know, harking back to the madmen era of unbridled, emotionally driven creativity combined with MarTech to yield results um, uh, for, for clients. And I, I think that that's the path forward. And, and uh, Tom, talk to me, and I, we usually get to the personal stuff later, but you know, you, you know, piqued my interest here in cooking, right? I know that we talked, I know you enjoy cooking. I didn't know it was catering and I didn't know it was uh, that extensive. Uh, talk to me how that came about. Um, well, I'm, I'm half Italian, so that, that's probably how it came about. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, my, my mom, uh, 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 was, is, uh, an awesome, awesome cook, chef. She's a chef. She's not a cook. And, um, she never taught me, but I was always observing. And, uh, when I went off to college, the, the food was so miserable, um, that I started cooking for myself and my roommates. And, um, uh, and I, I just, I, I just have always enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, I think that they're, they're only, they're, they're, really only three things in, that I do well. Um, uh, one, I, I think, I hope, is uh, advertising and marketing. Uh, but what I actually do better than that is, is I'm a really good, really good cook. Um, awesome. And, I'm, and I'm a, I'm a, I used to be a really good bass player. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure I am anymore, but th th that's what I, those are the three things I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. See, I enjoy, I enjoy cooking as well. And I learn very much, you know, you see nowadays all, you know, most of the chefs, the iron chefs or male cooks, right? Where it wasn't like that. I grew up with my grandmother in a smock. I don't think I've ever seen her dressed up. Maybe like when she went to church, I hear, yeah. <laughs> she, she used to have a house coat, I guess they call it. Right. And right. she'd have that on and she would just be making like gnocchi and, 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 pasta sauce and she would be making uh you know meatballs and that's kind of how i learned so i love to cook too and very similar to you not not the the catering side of it but i started really cooking in college we yeah. ate really well i had one of my friends from long island his parents owned a a seafood shop so i was eating orange roughy i didn't even heard of it before <laughs> we were we were cooking like that and i used to do that for my friends uh, you know i used to do that for when i used to have dates i would you know cook for them and uh oh yeah it was uh, you know the the good yeah. old days and i cook so now I'll, too I'll, 
I'll tell you, this is, uh, I'm sure this is politically incorrect, but, you know, the old expression um, was, uh, you know, the, 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 the food, cooking, whatever is the way to a man's heart. Yeah. Um, and uh, what I actually found in college and afterwards is, is that it's the way to a woman's heart. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yep. so it worked, I, it, I found it worked that for too. me that way. It worked for me that way. It worked and for me, yes. I made uh, recently, uh, you're going you're gonna to just uh, uh, enjoy this, but a lasagna carbonara. So oh, nice. What, think um, about that concept. It's yeah, that's crazy with the crazy with, with the bechamel, right? Or similar to a bechamel, but with uh, yeah. cream and, and with uh, bacon and, in it. or, or uh, Pancetta. Pancetta. Oh, my eggs. goodness. Yeah, it's all good, I man. love it. AJ, <laughs> come on. You, you I, know, uh, Vincent, all these years I've known you, you've uh, never offered to cook for me. I didn't even know you cooked. <laughs> oh, I cook all the time. You know, my, my wife is a very good cook, too. I'm better. Uh, but... <laughs> She, she's, I always cook like chicken scapriel. I'm cooking all these dishes nice. where carbonara, she, but yeah, we're both good cooks and, and it shocks people because people, you know, living in New York city as, as you did, Tom, I knew you're a native New Yorker. I could always tell that about you, but we, a lot of people, it's such an order out culture here because again, there's like 4,000 to 10,000 restaurants, whatever it is. So, but no, we cook. But AJ, you have to come back. You were supposed no, to be here. Like hey, hey, AJ, when, you know, when we're traveling again and you're in New York, um, even though Vincent has never in, invited you for a meal that he's cooked, I'm inviting you right now. You come ah, to my house. You beat me to it. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll make you an awesome meal. Yeah, yeah that Tom is very Tom. Because Tom lives uh, very close to the city, so I know where he lives. I won't yeah, reveal it on the podcast. Whenever Vincent has invited me and family to his place, it's been an order in pizza. And <laughs> yeah, I know for the chill, but good, but New York City pizza at least. This is uh, you don't get that pizza in San Antonio, AJ. I promise you that. But next time you were supposed to live here over the summer, I would have cooked for you all the time. Yeah, no, definitely good. All right, let me get back to a, another question here that. Now, I love B2B. I'm on the B2B side. But, you know, we've had people before on the podcast, that B2B, even B2B agencies, you know, they, they fell into it, right? Uh, a lot of people think B2C is sexy, but I really love B2B. Why, why B2B for you, Tom? Uh, well, you know, the, the, um, I, I think it, it has to do with the fact that um, I started my career as a writer. Um, and I like to write all kinds of things, but I particularly write, like to write um, things that uh, require uh, a lot of synthesis, um, a lot of thinking, um, and that unpack complexity. And so, um, and when you think about B2B and you think about the categories that, that we're in, um, you know, deep financial services and fintech, um, life sciences, things like that, um, they're just massively interesting areas and uh, I was a history major in college and etc and so I just like to dig into things that have a bit of complexity and a lot of substance and so for me b2b just is infinitely interesting and the more I have learned about it through the years um, the more that I see that that b2b is is um, it's a driver of innovation um, it's a driver of our economy it's a driver of progress. It's a driver of, of, of all of those things. And so I find it incredibly exciting. I, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, I, I think we were, we were made for each other, me and B2B. I like it. Well, Tom, so tell us about kind of a couple of your marquee clients right now and what you're doing for them. So uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk about a, a couple of clients and and um, one um, is uh, is actually the 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 B two B part of Duracell, um, so called Procell, um, and it's a it's a growth part of the of the company, um, and uh, uh, they're uh, they they. We went through a, 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 a pitch process and we're fortunate enough to, to win the business. And we were able to um, uh, work with them to really deliver um, global media uh, planning and creative and content through that planning to, to really help them um, uh, uh, 
extend out their foundation and build that part of the business. And so, you know, again, it's this, this aspect of brand to demand and, and, and uh, thinking through how best to position and message the brand in the market, um, how best to segment uh, its total addressable market, how best to intersect with that total addressable market and to begin a journey um, to higher levels of marketing return on investment um, for them. So very exciting, obviously, to, to be associated with a, a company and a brand like Duracell and Procell. So, um, you know, and, 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 and uh, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a very promising engagement. There are a couple of others um, that I think are, are really interesting. Uh, all, they're all really interesting, but there's a, um, a huge financial services um, company called IHS Market that, you know, again, this is what's, what's interesting about B2B. Most people will not ever have heard of IHS Market, but it's a multi-billion dollar financial services uh, software, uh, data, uh, 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 and, and services business that really touches um, many aspects of, of really our, our markets, all of the markets, capital markets, private markets. And it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's one of the key component parts of, of those markets. And we're working with them to formulate um, a go-to-market strategy for them where they can better connect their individual product offerings into holistic solutions that are customer-centered. And so when, you know, we were talking before about kind of the, why you like B2B, it's not easy work to do that. You know, it's real deep tissue kind of work, but you know, it, it's uh, to me, it's, it's fascinating in a company like IHS market, just like a company like Duracell, they're so integral to so many things. Um, they're so important in their ecosystems that it's uh, it, it's, it's really fantastic work. So uh, those are a couple of examples and um, just one more super quick, but um, uh, we actually uh, uh, won this year um, uh, a, a roster place for uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. So just to be able to say that we work for the Fed is, is like so super cool. Like who, who works for the Fed? Uh, we're, the, we're an agency that works for the Fed. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I, I hope they give you some sort of a badge so you can enter the federal buildings as well. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I was hoping they would print, print some money for me, but yeah. um, I, that, that hasn't happened. <laughs> Tom, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what the usual agency pitch process looks like and how that's changed uh, with COVID. Uh, that, that's a big subject, AJ, and a great question. Um, so, you know, the, the, the pitch process, uh, uh, however it looked, um, it, it, it's not dissimilar um, you know, the same steps are involved of RFIs and RFPs and, and uh, winnowing, winnowing down prospective agencies into a small set of agencies that, that um, uh, will think about uh, the client challenge and then make um, live presentations um, to, uh, to put out initial thinking, point of view, perspective, and so on. Um, and, you know, that, that wins the day or doesn't. Um, you know, what, what's changed is the means of delivery. Um, and, and what's changed is the fact that uh, we have to connect with clients um, this way, um, the way that, that, so we're doing it, you know, we're, we're connecting all of, all of us on this podcast digitally and remotely and so on. And we have to find ways to, to make the human connection that's so important because these are high stakes decisions that the clients are making. And, you know, there's a, we don't have quite the same opportunity to look folks in the eye and have sidebar conversations and, get to know each other a little bit more intimately and personally. And, and so, you know, it, 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 you have to do your best to, to really slow down um, and make sure you're making the human connection and not getting um, lost in your own content and, and lost in, the, in, um, in not, not building those kinds of, of connections that, you know, ultimately these relationships are about trust, AJ. Um, and uh, the, the client um, absolutely has to come to trust you, not just that you're capable, but they can trust you as a partner and that you will be a partner. And so we look for every opportunity um, during presentations, before presentations, as, as it all progresses to, to make those, uh, those direct and human and interpersonal connections. And it's harder to do, um, um, but you, know, you just have to work harder to do it. So um, that, that's how it's changed. The, the whole aspect of, of um, pitches um, and 
one of the things that is, uh, I think, noteworthy about Stein IAS is that we're extremely disciplined. We're extremely systematic about pitches. And I think a lot of agencies take each pitch as um, a unique thing that has never happened before and will never happen again. And we, we, don't, we, we don't do that. We, we believe that, that there, our process to get to a pitch needs to be consistent and uniform. And uh, it, it, it lets us scale our business better that way. And so I think that, that uh, we bring original thinking to every pitch for sure. But you know, our discipline around the pitch process is, is extraordinary. Um, from first contact all the way through winning the business. And, uh, you know, if uh, there are other agency uh, leaders here, I shouldn't be giving you a competitive tip, but that, that, that's the tip. You know, the, 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 the more systematic, the more consistent, the more you build in every, uh, every touch point in the process, the greater likelihood that you'll be in winning territory at the end. And uh, again, you know, uh, it's one of the things that, that in particular, uh, my business partner, our CEO, um, Rob Morris has, has really uh, uh, been adamant about, and, and, uh, and it's, it's been a great, um, uh, a great advantage for us. Oh, we appreciate that, and our listeners appreciate the, the advice there as well. We're talking with Tom Stein from Stein IAS, Industrial Art Services, just in case you were wondering what that meant. Tom, you mentioned before the approach you take specifically with data. So I'd, I'd love to understand, we always love hearing this because we're a data company, but what's the importance that your company puts on data and how are you utilizing it? Uh, another really good question. And, and um, um, I'm gonna speak about this um, probably with not quite the same depth that, um, that our, our chief innovation officer would speak about it, who, who lives in a world of, uh, of, of, of data and, and, uh, and uh, the kinds of connections that we need to make with customers. But there, there are a couple of, of, of ways that, that I would describe it. One is, is to, have, um, to work with our clients to get control of first, second, and third party data. Um, and you know, what we run into time and time and time again uh, is that that um, clients' data and their data strategies are not what they want them to be, um, and uh, it's it's a you know it's a it's a consistent uh, issue and challenge in B two B, and especially you know the larger the enterprise, the more complex that gets, as 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 you know, and um, so um, working with them to develop a a, a a data strategy that leverages all available data sources um, and. That, that we can take advantage of and, and uh, using that data uh, to inform our go-to-market approaches and, and um, whether that's um, through programmatic, um, whether it's through, um, through um, multi-channel, omni-channel marketing, whether it's through you know, uploading data sets into, into um, social platforms so that we can reach audiences that way. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really about any client that, that has a handle on its total addressable market and has a data relationship with its total addressable market or a significant percentage of it has a massive competitive advantage. And it drives down the cost of marketing. It drives up the performance of marketing. And uh, so that's something that we, are, uh, we're, we focus on. Second area that I'll, I'll hit is, uh, you know, there's so much data out there, um, as you know, very, very well. Um, and, Using uh, the, the data tools that are available to us, and we have a, a, a data platform that um, ingests insights, ingests signals um, from all the places those signals exist, and using that to understand um, um, the optimal strategy. Um, so, you know, in a lot of cases, um, agencies will develop strategy through qualitative research and quantitative research and uh, and uh, desk research and things of that nature. We do all of that as well, but also looking at data in real time in terms of, of sentiment, share of voice, um, conversations and so on that give us a real time edge to how we develop strategy. And that same data tool, you know, informs our go to market approaches in, in terms of, of, of uh, you know, what, what, what level of investment, um, what, we need to, what we need to do to intersect with our market. So, the data is, uh, you know, it runs through everything that we do. And 
you know, because there's a lot of people who are in the marketing space that are listening to the podcast, Tom, you know, you, you touched upon some of the technology, whether it's internal, uh, I would love to hear more about that, but also some of your technology stack. Are there companies out there and products or solutions that Stein IAS is using that may benefit other people out there? You know, there, there, there are, um, and, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and I, I, uh, uh, it, it's not so much about the, 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 the companies or the platforms. And, you know, we, we certainly have our favorites. Um, and, um, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know that, that I want to get into <laughs> what those are exactly, but, you know, the, the, um, um, what we, we work with clients, um, across their, uh, you know, across their tech stacks. And, um, and so we need to be on the one hand, uh, agnostic because clients will have their own preferences, whether they're a, an Oracle marketing cloud, user, SFDC, um, Adobe, um, wh whatever it may be. So, um, but it, it's, it's really around um, how they should strategically construct their stacks. Um, and uh, so whether it's uh, marketing automation, uh, intent platforms, um, ABM platforms, um, uh, CDPs, CRM, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, con you know, the, the, the conversational platforms that are out there now um, significantly and, uh, and understanding what the right configuration of, of tool sets are um, for a given client, but to do it strategically. You know, and, and one of the things that, that uh, um, again, we see is that a lot of the tech stacks um, are, uh, are built, you know, one, one solution, one application at a time um, with not that there's not prior thought, but you know that as they evolve, they, they the integration issues are compounded, and uh, the the ability to utilize the tech stack um, fully to realize the potential, you know, and, and so sometimes there's a there's a need to rethink that a little bit strategically, and and uh, uh, but you know all all of the major technologies we're deeply versed, <coughs> excuse me, deeply versed in. Um, if that answers your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, I liked how you answered it. Don't want to play favorites on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, AJ. There's uh, um, um, one of the things that I'm uh, I'm, I'm proud of right now is that uh, uh, we're working in partnership with a, a media entity called the Drum, which um, I'm sure you know. And sure. uh, we're putting on uh, uh, together an event um, next week called B2B World Fest, hmm. and uh, we've uh, we helped to originate the event, uh, and we helped to bring together. Um, uh, a pretty remarkable array of speakers um, and sessions. And uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is that uh, one of them is uh, one that, that I actually uh, facilitated or will facilitate the conversation of, um, is, the, is the MarTech arms race over or has it only just begun? Um, and so we have uh, Scott Brinker um, from Chief MarTech, who's uh, the, the, the gentleman behind the, the MarTech Superscape that comes out every year. Uh, and we, we've got John Miller, um, the chief product officer for Demandbase, who actually was a co-founder of Marketo. Um, and uh, so, you know, this is a topic that's, uh, that's so interesting. And, and um, if you get a chance, uh, tune in because th those gentlemen, along with Jillian, uh, Jillian Ryan from um, uh, eMarketer, are much smarter than I am about this stuff. And it's a, it's a terrific conversation. Absolutely. So, Tom, you've had a great uh, career, a lot of great brands. But is there kind of a moment that uh, stood out to you where uh, you, you really thought that your agency had made it or it was kind of a breakthrough campaign for you guys? Well, uh, yeah, there, there, there are a couple of points in time. And um, there's, there's one in particular. Oh, it's, a, it's a great question. There, there are a number in particular, but there's one in particular that stands out for me. And, and um, so... You know, we're, we're, we were a, a, a mid-sized B2B agency in the U.S. Um, uh, we grew into a mid-sized B2B agency in the U.S. And, you know, we, we started to um, compete with, with everyone. And, you know, we would run into Ogilvy and we would run into McCann and, um, you know, just the, the big networks and so on. And, you know, it's little Stein IS or little at the time Stein. Um, and in 2010, uh, we we uh, were named uh, uh, the B two B marketing the B two B agency of the year um, by ANA for the first time, 
And it, it was sort of this, this particular moment. Um, I was, uh, it was in Chicago and I was, did not know we were gonna win. And I'm, I'm sitting in the audience with all the other uh, prospective winners uh, at, at the awards competition. And I was actually, uh, I was on the phone with my wife we had, and our kids were little at the time. Um, and, I, uh, and, and they announced that, that we won. And I uh, just uh, went up on stage to take this award, which was like the culmination at that point in time of everything that we had worked for. And I was still on, on the phone with my, with my wife and the kids. And as the, as the audience was, was applauding for us, I had my phone so they could hear it in, in real time. And, and it, was just, it, was just, it, was, it was such a moment for our family um, and for me personally and for the agency at the time. Uh, I, I would point to that one. Um, and then um, the next year, uh, this agency called IAS, um, UK-based agency, won and took it away from us. And that's when, when I and, and Rob Morris met each other through that. And within a couple of years, we had merged the two companies um, and started on our winning streak, Vincent, um, of, uh, of winning a, a agency of the year a number of years in a row. <laughs> I, I love hearing that. And, and then, Tom, that, that's kind of to my question. It's, you know, the, the, I haven't met, uh, you know, an agency that has won so many awards for all the great work that you've done. What's, uh, you know, you've been given great tidbits of advice here. What, what's some advice out there of, you know, maybe that agency of, of a couple people who just got out of college and are starting up, uh, you know, in an agency? What, what would be your advice? So my, my advice is um, to do what you would do for, for any kind of company, startup, any kind of, of brand is that, you know, if, if your offering isn't distinctive, if you don't have a distinctive positioning um, for your offering, um, because you're creative, because whatever, it's, it's, it's not enough. Um, it's not enough to break through. Um, this is a very um, highly competitive, highly populated world, the agency world. And, you know, and then I, I would say this for any company, any time, but Agencies do a terrible job of positioning themselves. Um, and uh, we may do a good job of positioning clients, but in a lot of cases, agencies, um, you know, they, 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 they don't do that, the, the, uh, that same level of work to start a conversation with a prospective client that's relevant to them and ties back to your offering. And, and we've always focused on that, um, Vincent, and um, it's been a key to our success. I'll, I'll give you a specific example, but in uh, uh, 1992, um, we, I think, we're, we, we unlocked, the, the we, we, we had done well, but at that point in time, we unlocked true success by positioning ourselves as the information agency. And so, you know, if, if you think back at that point in time, um, the information industries was a big deal, you know, so that was IT, technology, it was, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, infotainment, it was um, everything having to do with, with uh, the way that infor the information agencies driven by advancing technology were changing the world. And it put us straight in the path of the internet tsunami that then occurred, the dot-com run-up. And we were off to the races based on that. We, you know, we, we uh, quadrupled the size of the agency in a couple of years on the back of it. And, uh, and, we, and, and AJ was, was uh, asking me about uh, Mad Men and, and MarTech. It's that same kind of positioning. You know, you know exactly what we stand for as a company. And our offering supports that in a very rich, substantive way. And that's the key. You know, it's, it's not just being another. Um, it's, it's being relevantly distinctive. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for that advice. And then I have one more question, uh, more, uh, you know, personal to me and, 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 and AJ as well. And then we'll get into our, our signature question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, AJ will do that, the honor there. But Tom, I now, see- now, you, I'm, now I'm nervous. You should be very a, nervous, yeah. A signature question from it, AJ. It is uh -oh. a signature question. It's, well, yeah, either AJ or I get to ask. It all depends on the flow of the conversation, but it's the marketing star signature question. Nice. You'll get to, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a doozy and people love hearing it. They actually respond to us and tell us, thank you for that. Uh, but I see you 
speaking at so many different events. I love hearing you, you speak. This is kind of what prompted this conversation here. As AJ and I start to speak at a, a variety of different conferences, how do you prepare for, for that? It, you know, different topics. What's some advice that you could give AJ and I in regards to that? Um, yeah. Wasn't expecting that. Um, Look at that. I said people think they get me and then I throw a curveball at them, Tom. It's, it's uh, you know, <laughs> I, you, you've never seen me try to hit curveballs. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the one thing is, is uh, I am uh, uh, intensely interested in the, the, the currents of the industry. Um, and, you know, I, I, uh, I investigate them continuously. And I have the, the benefit of being able to ha have conversations um, with um, really, really bright marketers and agency peers and so on um, to really have a, a sense of what's on people's mind. And um, what are the things that they're trying to solve? And, and I think, you know, by knowing that, um, you know, you're able to, to I, I think, um, craft the kind of presentations that will resonate. And then, you know, what, what you need to bring to them then, I think, is, is um, a, a point of view, a, a really particular point of view. And people don't want to hear the same things that they hear all the time. That's not why they're listening to anybody ever. And so I think the, the, the more, and, and you know, you're not doing it to be sensational. Um, you're doing it to be helpful. You're being it to do it to be provocative, positively provocative. And I think that looking for the ways to, to provoke people to think about their challenges and to understand that you're thinking about them and then be you, you know, and, and be as, as, as personal. I mean, um, I'm, I, uh, I sense from uh, each of you, you don't have any trouble doing that at all. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's 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 uh, finding ways to do that. Be personable. Uh, be uh, be empathetic. Uh, let your emotions out. Let let the you know people respond to that. And, and so, you know, to have a conversation with a thousand people, but like you're having it with one person. Um, is I is I think. Um, uh, how, how so at least how I think about it, um, and uh, and then you know I, I prepare a lot. Um, I, I I prepare an awful lot for these things, um, but not so not to be rigid um, either, um, and and to let it flow. And um, yeah, but you know I'm, it's sort of like the uh, the ex bass player in me who uh, loved to be on stage. I like to be on stage. You know I I, I don't get to play uh, in in uh, second rate rock bands anymore, but I still get to be on stage. Yeah. I know. I love it. I love it. Winston made a Facebook post and actually I saw it on LinkedIn as well, uh, talking about uh, him missing the stage and a picture of him on the stage. So I think he's right there with you. <laughs> that, that, that was, yeah, that was 2014 DMA where uh, I got to be the MC San Diego. That's great. Magic Johnson got to hang in the green room with him for like an hour and a half. It's and, awesome. and he doesn't name drop at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to pick that name up, uh, you know, that I dropped yeah, there. You know, now, now, now it's, you know, he, he name drops you, AJ. He'll name drop me and Magic. Yeah. You know, exactly. All... You know, we're all I'm just bragging. I'm just bragging. That's all I'm doing. And yeah, now totally. the signature now question, the signature ladies and gentlemen. Question, oh, Tom. Okay. So this, this is a good one. Uh, it's two part. I'll ask the first part. Uh, I'm sure with how, uh, how, what your position is and your agency's reputation, you get a lot of, uh, junk messages and LinkedIn messages uh, to your LinkedIn and email. What's kind of the one or two pet peeves? Some people have up to five that you have when people are reaching out to you that really annoys you. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer that in a, in a slightly unconventional way. Um, you know, I believe uh, that one of the keys to business success is uh, a philosophy of what goes around comes around. Um, and um, uh, I, uh, I, I, I contribute a lot to um, industry associations. I contribute a lot to individuals um, who, uh, who I can be of assistance to. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I, 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 I um, there, there are plenty of those 
I, I get like a, I get 10 of them a day or 20 of them a day. Um, mm -hmm. And, you, you know, and where I can be helpful, I'll actually try and be a little bit helpful to people and, and direct them to one thing or another. Um, because that, that's how people help me in my career. And I think that that, that doing that is, is uh, so I, I get less annoyed than some people do about about that kind of outreach. And, you know, we're all, we're all in, we all sell stuff all the time. I mean, we're all selling ourselves, our, our companies, our services all the time. And I, I respect that. You know, I was uh, at a point in time, I was, uh, when I launched the agency, I was cold calling. Um, I was cold calling. I was cold writing, mailing. And, and, right. and um, I remember one, one instance where uh, I actually got through to to the the CEO of a of a publishing company, um, and I thought this is cool. I'm, you know, I actually got through, and he he just ripped me a new one um, because <laughs> I I had misspelled his name in my letter, um, and the two things I learned from that was don't misspell someone's name in a letter, um, and the second is there are a lot of assholes out there, and don't be one. Um, and so I've always tried not to be one. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I, I think that, that the, I will give you a peeve though, just because I do have them, uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the people that, that connect or try to connect um, on a premise um, and then they reveal themselves um, after, the, after if, you do, if you do accept, they have, a, they, they have an agenda and they're, they're on you within minutes. And I think that that is, it's just stupid and terrible and annoying. And I, I do hate that. Um, so just to, to be clear, there are things that I, that totally annoy me. And, you know, the, the other is the, uh, the obligatory, um, hey, uh, if I can, you know, if I could help you in any way at this time of COVID, let's have a chat. Like, why, what, what, what are you going to do for me, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know me. Be, be clever. Be subtle. Don't be. Don't be that. <laughs> so those are those are two. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of very similar philosophy that I have. I'm always I'm nice. Oh, you know, sometimes overly nice, but then uh, I don't like when I accept and poof, right, right yeah. then and there. But uh, this has been awesome. Our new friend Tom Stein, ladies and gentlemen, my New York brother here. I love it. Tom, this has been great. We enjoyed having you keep up the amazing work that you're doing and that Stein IAS is doing. That is Tom Stein of Stein IAS, the chairman and chief client officer. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That is AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. Thanks for listening.